fantastic stuff. All right, let's go to text messages. Warning to all. This is an interesting one. My brother went to upgrade his first aid course in his lunch break. He went to a Chinese restaurant, but the order took so long that he didn't have t- much. He didn't have left much time to eat. So he gulped down some spoons of food and entered the meeting. But the food got stuck in his throat. And it took three people to hit his back before the food unlodged from his throat. He said he nearly died as he couldn't breathe. And the importance of being hit hard between the shoulder blades for the food to be dislodged. You just never know what a day holds. My heartfelt thanks to those who helped saving him. The Lord is good. The moral of the story, chew your food well. And if you're not chewing your food well, then make sure that you're in a first aid course surrounded by first aid experts who are just in the... That is the perfect place to go. So when you're like gonna choke to death, I need some first aid right now. Oh, I'm actually doing a first aid course. There is actually a first aid instructor and a whole bunch of people who just learned how to do. Dude, this. is that part of your certification? <laughs> like, was he a paid actor? <laughs> I, think, I think they all would have got a pass mark after that. That's a pretty hectic story, though. Yeah, I mean, people have died from this from choking on food. Totally. Apparently. I, I don't really know, but I'm told so maybe a, an, an expert out there can help me, but hitting people between the shoulder blades is preferred over the Heimlich these days. Ah, okay. But somebody who knows better than I, me, I like hitting let people. me know. Our number is 0491064669. Maybe somebody can Google that for us and find out. Anyway, um, Abigail Schreier and gender dysphoria. With 70% of some uh, schools not sure what their gender is. Well, in the two schools that... Uh, the um, daughter and niece of the person I was visiting with last night, it was much higher than 70%. Mm. It was 100% in one of those schools. And this is in year six. Mm. Amazing stats. The Department of Education worldwide has much to answer to. I can't believe that so many teachers have sold their souls to Satan who actually teach to confuse the children. Social contagion does not happen in a vacuum. That's a fact. The media, the government, and demons who control the system will not get away with it. God is taking record of their part in the sin against his children. It's not it's not it's not the teachers who are influencing. Like I, I would say it's the teachers who are allowing I'm gonna be contentious here. Maybe you it's the be te- contentious because I'm gonna disagree with Benny. Go, go but I, I I think it's it's like it's, peer pressure. I think it's more of a, a social thing within their realm. But also exposure to people like on the internet who are promoting it as well, like that. That like it, I feel like it festers there more than dude. I didn't care about what my teacher thought. At the same time, it's like if you got a teacher encouraging you, then like then like and accepting it within is, the this classroom. Is, this is what I see, but I I don't I I couldn't say that it's like all the teachers. Just, okay, I think producer Shell's going to pitch in right here. This is going to be interesting. Ah, she's got um, something to whisper in Lawson's ear. But, um, you know, so I'll, 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 I will slightly disagree with you for a second. Okay. And this is my contention. My contention is that there are too many young people who are celebrated for um, being brave when they come out as something that they are biologically not, when they are children and too young to actually make that decision, mm. which then creates or contributes to what is taking place amongst children's peers and social media celebrities mm-hmm. and people they look up to. So it, I think that's a contributing factor when teachers actually celebrate this and call people brave and courageous and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, when they should actually be giving instruction. 
that's the first thing. And not all teachers do that, but what you do have is a, what the, the biggest problem you do have is teachers who aren't actually instructing their kids mm. that you're born as a little boy and you're born as a little girl and little boys can do things that girls can't and girls can do little things that boys can't. Mm. You know, that's biological reality. And this is why we were made different. We were made different so that we could do things that the other person can't do. Totally. Um, anyway. Yeah, who's allowed on the netball team? That's that's just like, they're in year six. Like, it's it's getting... It's year six, guys. Yeah. It's year six. But these kids play with Legos. Yeah. That's tough. Oh, by the way, I've got a statistic that's come through here from Producer Shell. So in the United States, the odds of one dying from choking on food is around 1 in 2,535. Okay. And in 2019 in the United States, the number of deaths was 5,228. That's a remarkably high number. Yeah, or maybe it's a remarkably low number considering there are so many people who live in the United States. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, no, that's that, that's from nineteen forty-five to nine from, from oh. to twenty nineteen. That's how many. That's, that's oh, how many. okay. Oh, so so five thousand people from forty-five nineteen forty-five to uh, okay. So that's a remarkably low number. That's pretty low. It does happen. Okay, and it happened to our um, good friend who texted in right here. Yeah, but, but they didn't die. Yes. That's so this right. what this shows me because I feel like this is a super common problem, right? Like, who doesn't swallow something down the wrong way and it, you've choked on it before? Yeah, you just cough it up. But that's the thing: you either cough it up, or there's someone there to punch in the back or squeeze you, and it comes out. So very preventable. Yeah. Don't want it to happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, the end. Digital can't believe the amount of information the Bible gives us about what happens after death. It's yeah, well. really good news. Praise God. Fantastic. And, of course, the N.Digital back on again this evening. And, of course, tomorrow night will be our last night of this particular series where we will have live questions and answers. So do start sending your questions and answers through. You can send them through now or you can wait until tomorrow night and drop them on us on us as a surprise. We will take your questions either way and we will try and answer them all depending on how much time we have available and how many questions you guys send in. But we had some fantastic questions that came in uh, last week and we thoroughly enjoy answering them. So please do uh, send them through there. Send them all through here, and we'll put them up for question of the day as well. Uh, I'll be back with our Bible study. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Psalms chapter 146, verse 5 to 10 is where we are going to begin today. Psalms 146, verse 5 through 10. Lawson, if you can read that one for us, please. Yes, Psalms 146, verse 5 through 10, the Bible says, But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps his promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be your God, O Jerusalem, throughout the nations. Okay, let's stop and think about this for a moment. Generations. So generations. Yes. That yeah, kind of works either way. Yeah, that's right. 
Okay, so uh, let's have a look here at this. Uh, I, I particularly want to focus in on the how this passage begins, mm-hmm. uh, where you've got this statement, you know, happy is he or blessed is he who has the God of Jacob for his help. Is this mm. an exclusive statement? Is this something that is written exclusively for the Jewish people? Like, no. No. Uh, I can, I'm, I'm, because do, I can do, have the joy you, yeah, the God do, of Jacob. Do you have the, that's what I was about to say, do you have the God of Jacob for your help? Mm. Absolutely. Do I have the God of Jacob for my help? Absolutely. Am I happy to have the God of Jacob for my help? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Am I concerned that he calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when they are not my nationality? Not at all. Nope. Because the Bible is not talking about happy is or blessed is he. Uh, blessed is are only those who are descendants of Abraham, Yeah, that's of right, Jacob. the lineage, yeah. No, that's not what the Bible says, you know. And Jesus highlights this in the New Testament, you know, when he talks about, you know, the Pharisees, you Pharisees, you say we have Abraham to our father. Mm. As our father, but you know, you do this and that and the other. Yeah. Um, and that won't save you. The Bible is simply coming out here with a blanket statement mm. Blessed is the person. It's not qualified, not the Jewish person, not the Israelite person, mm. anything like that. It's just blessed is the person who has the God of Jacob for his help. But it qualifies it as like a, you know, a large. As anyone in the world, as it goes on in verse 6, and it says, he made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He keeps his promises forever. Like, he's making these broad, sweeping statements that apply to everyone that has ever been born. Like, he doesn't say, you know, blessed are those who have the God of Israel as their helper who led them through the Red Sea. Like, no. Like, he says, who are in heaven and earth. Again, That's right. I am in heaven and earth. You are there. I am there. Yeah. We happen to share the same spot in heaven and earth right uh-huh. now and we share this spot for a couple of hours every morning here on the breakfast uh-huh. show but we qualify mm-hmm. absolutely then it continues on it says who executes justice for israelite people no jewish people no for who verse seven the oppressed the oppressed mm. absolutely who gives food to the hungry uh freedom to the prisoners Okay, and we can go on down through the list. The Bible is not speaking about Israelite people right here. And this is mm. one of the things, it's been a, bit of, been a bit of a theme over the last couple of days in our Bible study where we have been looking at the concept of the stranger within our gates. And, when, of course, when you come down to the first century, you have this whole issue of exclusiveness that has come in amongst God's people where God's people have said, well, you know, we are not going to have anything to do with anyone around us because they, we, we, we don't want to be contaminated. We don't want to get Gentile on our fingers uh, and, you know, and, and, and this kind of thing. Now, are there areas in which we should be exclusive? Um, potentially. Yes. Uh, maybe. The Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked. Uh-huh. And so here's this, here's this whole issue. And, you know, you go back to the time of, say, Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of where some of this came from. And Nehemiah came to Jerusalem, and what he found was that the Jews had come back from um, their exile and when they came back from their exile, they were a small number of people. And there were lots of other people, you know, Palestinians and so mm. forth, that were living in the land, Samaritans and whatnot. And uh, they 
began to intermarry with the Palestinians. They began to intermarry with That's the, right. uh, you know, and we have people intermarrying different races today, and we like that. Mm. I mean, you think about your friends, your your friendship circle. How many how many of your friends have you know international relationships? Oh yeah, like heaps of them. My wife is international. <laughs> uh, the church that I go to, like half of the couples there at least are international relationships. Mm. And and we celebrate that. We enjoy that. It's like diversity. It's amazing. It's, you know, because you get yeah, to You have the most all these different, different types of food at the potluck at church. Like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, and, and you get to enjoy the different cultures and the different way That's people right. worship and the different way they express themselves. What is going on here? Something is going weird with my computer. <laughs> Dude, Windows heard you and was like... Windows is talking to me. This is just Windows the weirdest... Windows trying to I chat even, you up, bro. <laughs> I can't even figure out how to get rid of this. Uh, Lawson, help me out. I don't know how to run Windows. I'm an Apple person. Make it go away. My computer is attacking me. This is like some exorcist, just, exorcist stuff oh. right here. Okay, it went away. I yeah. hit my finger on the screen. It was, it was it was Cortana, which is like the Windows version of Siri, but way lamer. <laughs> Why on earth did Siri start Windows attacking Siri you? Start attacking me in the middle of what I was. Like, it, that was random. All right, this is how you. You were talking about international people. Yes, I was, and uh-huh. just how wonderful it is. Mm. And yet, God told God's people mm-hmm. through Nehemiah. Don't do that. Why do we do that mm. when God said don't? The biggest division that you find in the Bible, and oh, this 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 topic makes my blood boil because there's people with 2021 vision and they look at the Bible and they try to make it the the social issues of the time of the Bible something that they're not like, and they try and play up all this stuff about race and stuff because it's a problem in our day. But no, the biggest division that you find and the biggest like division that God himself puts in between people is the division of religion. This is a religious division. It is not anything to do with race. That's right. It, it never has, like from the beginning to the end of the Bible, like God does clearly doesn't care because Egyptians are allowed to come. The mixed multitude. The mixed multitude. We're talking about the book Moses, of Deuteronomy. Moses marries an Ethiopian girl living in Midian. Exactly. Like, the problem is never race. Like, that but here's is the key. When Moses marries issue. Zipporah, she was a worshipper of Yahweh. That's right. When Boaz, who was half Canaanite, mm-hmm. marries uh, Ruth, who was 100% uh, Moabite, mm-hmm. they were the same religion. That's right. The issue is religion, it is not race. Yeah, and the re- and the Jewish people made it race yes. rather than religion, or more than religion. And that's right. And the reason that it is religion is because religion is a choice and race is not. It like, is. like it's so obvious. Like, it's, uh-huh. it's sitting there right before our eyes. Like, oh, what did God mean when he said, when he told Nehemiah not to, ma- like, to cancel those people, not to marry other people? Like, because it was an issue of religion that would lead the children of Israel to make negative moral choices. And this is one of the sad things that you find when people immigrate to Australia and have children is that they just assume that their children are going to marry somebody of their same race. Mm. You know? And, and that's just <laughs> – I've, I've seen this over and over and over again, and then they get upset when their children don't. Mm. 
or they will even try and break those relationships up because, like, oh, you can't marry somebody who's um, a white Australian, mm. or you can't marry somebody who is, you know, of this descent or that, you know, whatever it might be. No, the issue is not race or anything like that. Yeah. The issue is religion. Could, because that's the thing is that like the 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 cultural you know gaps can be can be gapped like they can be brought together they can they can be filled like the mountains yeah, can and, be and overcome. I was having this conversation like, once about the extra pressures that a cross cultural marriage makes, and I was having this conversation with a marriage expert, and he just turned around and said, "Every marriage is a cross cultural marriage." That's right, dude. Like. I get, you know, my sister, for example, she comes from like an Aussie family. Her husband is like the Aussiest guy ever, and so is his parents. But the grandparents immigrated here from their Dutch. They're from Holland, and the cultural difference that that creates, yes, as loose does. as it is, as like as the loosest uh-huh. cultural difference. But, down there, the track. but there is one, uh-huh. you know. And, but the reality is, yeah, there's always going to be cultural differences. But the biggest problem, the thing that God is really trying to counsel us in is when it comes to religious differences, because that is what really causes strife within a relationship and strife amongst people as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. Let's see what the Bible has to say over here. Genesis 15 and verse 13. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. We're uh, during the break. We're admiring this sticker that's on my laptop that I just got. I'm, I'm, I, I love decking things out with stickers, but I've got this big kind of vinyl wrap sticker. He's got this really <clears throat> expensive, uh, you know, Apple computer. Yeah. And he's vinyl wrapped it. Yeah. With a map of Newcastle. That's right. Because Newcastle is the best. <laughs> Industrial coal hole. <laughs> coal hole. Coal. Dude, it's, it's industry. It's education. It's the coast. It's the bush. We have ever. Oh, don't even. Get <laughs> Seriously. Guys, I've lived a lot of places in the world, a lot of places in Australia. Newcastle is the best city in the world. So. I'm going to put it right there. Uh, let's. Um, it's patriotic Nova Cash. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so awesome. We're in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. 13 here, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Abram, you can, you can be sure your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will oppre- be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh these God's people, the Jewish people, mm-hmm. knew what it was to be a stranger. Mm-hmm. They knew what it was to live in a foreign land. Yes. They knew what it was to be an immigrant. They knew what it was to be segregated and looked down on as lesser people. They knew what it was to have a ruling class that really treated them as dogs. Mm. And in the first century, what do they do to the stranger in their land? They look down on them. They oppress them. They mm. separate themselves from them. They treat them as dogs, and God said, don't ever forget that you were treated this way and mm. don't go and treat other people that way. And in the first century, what do they do? They treat everyone else that way. Yeah, well. And if Jesus had come as an earthly emperor, as they were expecting, and, and set up the Jewish empire to replace the Roman empire, what would they have done to all of those people who they conquered? They would have just enslaved them. Pretty much treated them the same way mm. that the they were treated in Egypt. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit sad. 
And yet God says over and over and over again, don't forget that you were a stranger, you were an immigrant, you were oppressed, you were enslaved, you were treated as lower class citizens, you were mm. not given rights, you were, you know, all of these things. Don't ever forget that and don't ever do that to the stranger that is within your gates. You come down to the first century and that's exactly what they do. Mm. It's funny how history spins on its spins on itself and history repeats itself. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17 and verse 8. The Bible says in verse 8, and I will... 17 verse 8. Yep. 17 and verse 8, yep. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you live now, as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be a possession forever, and I will be their God. Okay, now let's go over to Acts chapter 13 and verse 17. So uh, Acts 13 verse 17. Acts chapter 13 and verse 17, as I'm flicking through here in my Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts 13, verse 17, the Bible says, The God of this nation, of Israel, chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then, with a powerful arm, he led them out of slavery. Okay, so let's let's apply this to ourselves now. Mm. Uh, because it's one thing to look back at the Jewish people of the first century and say, "Oh, you know, the, I'm I'm so glad I'm not like them." Mm. You know, like the Pharisee who prays in the temple. So glad that you know we've we've, we've come. <laughs> we, we, we're not we're not racist. We're not you know exclusive. <laughs> all of our friends, you know, they have all of these relationships with people from all over the world. You know, we do we do create a distinction when it comes to religion, definitely, but not mm. on the issue of you know where a person comes from. And so we're far better than them, right? Yep. Yeah, let's claim it. <laughs> Man, these guys are terrible, bro. <laughs> Which is exactly what Jesus is talking about. Mm. It's exactly what God is talking about. Don't forget where you came from. Mm. And so when he tells the Israelites, don't forget where you came from, you were slaves. Yeah. He speaks to us and says, don't forget where you came from. You were a slave mm. to sin. And because you were a slave to sin, then you need to remember what God has done. For you. I think that's such a fantastic point because for some reason we're prideful. Yes. And it makes no sense. None. It makes absolutely no sense that we have pride and that, that we're, 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 we're often like our pride and our wants, you know, and our sin comes between God and us. We won't submit to him. It makes absolutely no sense. And the other thing too is that, you know, when we see somebody coming to God, we often forget where we came from and the process mm. and the journey that we went on. Mm. In coming to God, and we think, well, you know, I've I've achieved this and this and this and this and this and this in my walk with God, and I am, you know, so far here ahead here. And somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ, and we sit them down. It's like, okay, you need to do, and we list off and try and bring them through to, you know, make them make them vegans on the first day. Well, like I'm not going to be opposed to that. You give your life to Jesus, you got to be a vegan right now. No. Yeah. Not only does the Bible say, I'm, I'm using this as an illustration, because yeah, the Bible yeah, doesn't totally. say you need to be a vegan, um, mm. but, you know, it's just, it, it, being a vegan is a great thing, but, you know, it's an area in which change takes place, and when somebody changes from being a heavy meat eater to being a vegan, it is rare that that is something that takes place overnight, and if it does take place overnight, it's rare that it sticks. Mm. It's rare that it stays because people will try and bite off more they can chew. They'll try and do too much, mm. and there is such a thing as doing too much too fast too soon, 
and then you just get discouraged and fall back into whatever it was that was dragging you down in the past before. Mm. And so I think it's always important with all of these issues that we remember where we came from and we remember that everybody's on a different journey. And some of us, you know, we can look back at our life and see very dramatic changes, very fast changes, things that happened overnight. Mm. And we think, well, why can't everybody else change overnight? But when we do that, we only ever think of those things in which we changed overnight. Mm. We don't think about those things in which we changed and God changed us over a period of 10, 20 years, mm. whatever it might be. And so we have we place our expectations on other people rather than remembering where we came from. Mm. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Matthew 7 and verse 12. Let's see if we can squeeze this one in before we run out of time. The Bible says in Matthew 7 and verse 12, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all the things taught in the law and the prophets. Fantastic stuff. Mm. All right, how does the Bible tell us to treat others? As we would want to be treated. It's kind of called the golden rule, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember being taught this rule. It's when literally I was... subtitled the golden rule in my Bible. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This is one of the things you teach toddlers in the bindi class mm. when they're like two. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This is The Breakfast Show, and we're about to go to our question of the day. Before mm-hmm. we do, a couple of quick text messages that came through. Uh, Freco wants to say that teachers have their hands tied behind their backs by stupid laws and lawmakers. That is partly true as well. Uh, Braden says the Bible has been used by used far too many times to justify division. The Bible is not a weapon to attack others. It is a sword to defend against Satan and can do so because of the relationship it leads us to have with Jesus Christ. Very important um, text message right there coming through from Braden. Anyway, it is now time for... Question of the Day. So our question is today, on Tuesday's show, Lyle, this is kind of another challenge, but... Just, just people just want to attack you. So uh, <laughs> no, I actually spoke to this guy after the show because he called up and we had a great conversation together. That's awesome. So on Tuesday's show, you said that keeping the Ten Commandments is proof that we love God, and implied, but that by that uh, you implied that by not keeping them, you don't have salvation. How can you reconcile that with saved by grace and not by works? Okay, so let me let me try and state this a little bit more simply and clearly. Salvation is by grace alone. We are not saved by keeping the commandments. The commandments are not the means of salvation. The commandments are the evidence of salvation. And so when you are saved, when you're a saved person and you give your life to Jesus Christ, then your natural inclination is to keep God's commandments. God's commandments are very simple. They're very straightforward. They're not hard to understand. And we all know what they are. And so a saved person does not want to go around rebelling against God. And if you find a person who says that, you know, it's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to be a Christian. So somebody says, I'm a Christian. That doesn't make them a Christian. The Bible says by their fruits you will know them. And so if you get somebody who says, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they are constantly blaspheming against God, then clearly they're not a Christian. And the reason that we come to that conclusion is because commandment keeping is evidence that salvation has taken place. And so therefore commandment 
breaking is evidence that salvation has been lost. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, falling into sin from time to time, as, you know, each person does. I'm talking about persistent, continual, uh, open rebellion against God. And so if somebody uh, chooses to walk down that path, God is never going to stand in their way. God is never going to deny them that privilege. God is never going to stop them from, you know, choosing not to be in heaven. Uh, and, you know, from time to time, this is something that takes place. And so commandment keeping, let me just repeat that, is not the means of salvation, but it is the evidence of salvation. Therefore, commandment breaking is an evidence of lostness. Now, once again, Persistent, continual um, uh, commandment breaking. A, a Bible verse that goes along really well with this would be First John chapter two and verse four, where the Bible simply says, "He that says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him." You know, I love the way that John writes because it is very simple, it is very straightforward, it is very easy to understand. And I guess in many ways, you know, you could look at an example in the Bible, uh, a great one that I'll be speaking on uh, this Saturday at the Singleton Adventist Church, is the example of the Ten Virgins. If you look at the Ten Virgins, you find a group of people who all of them have lamps, the Word of God. All of them have oil, the Holy Spirit. All of them are virgins, a part of God's church. All of them are waiting for Jesus to come. Uh, all of them have obeyed the voice of God, which is go out and meet the bridegroom. They have all been obedient to the word of God. And yet half of them are lost. Why are half of them lost? Because they don't make the preparation that is necessary. And because they don't make the preparation that is necessary, they lose that salvation. And, you know, they, they come and knock on the door and say, Lord, let us in. You know, what? Why, let us into the banquet. And God says, I, I don't even know who you are. Mm. And so you do have this have a situation where somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ, but at some particular point in their life they're like, yeah, you know what, I don't want to be a servant of God anymore. And God won't stop them from doing that. God allows people to make that decision, that freedom of choice, because if God took away our freedom of choice, love would not exist. Freedom of choice is what creates the possibility of love being able to exist. And so God will never take that away, and uh, uh, our actions uh, what reveal what is really going on in our in, in our character rather than uh, just our profession. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.